Good morning. Welcome to the services for May the 17th. We're glad that you're joining us here. My name is Tim Walker. I'm the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, let me cover just a few things before we have prayer and, and open God's Word together this morning. Uh, I'd like for us to continue to remember Maris Ward as she recovers from surgery. And then we had a request for the Price family in California who uh, lost a daughter here recently. And uh, these uh, are friends of uh, some of the uh, uh, relatives of people in our church. Uh, we want to continue to pray for our nation, the uh, impact of the coronavirus. We want to pray for all the families that have lost loved ones, uh, no matter where they are in the country. Uh, we thank the Lord for the recoveries. Been a good number of recoveries here in Oklahoma, but cases do continue uh, to increase, and we want to pray for uh, uh, the Lord to be the great physician for all those who have needs right now. Uh, I also want to share with you that uh, my mother went to be with the Lord Friday night. She was 96 and a half years old and had been in declining health, so this was not unexpected. Uh, my brother said that she went very peacefully uh, and uh, we're planning to have services uh, at the Bishop Funeral Home in McAllister on Friday afternoon, probably about two o'clock. So uh, we'll have more about that this week. Uh, and I'd just like to say that uh, as I think about my mother and all the things I'm grateful for, one of the things that really stands out in my heart is that she made sure that uh, me and my brothers were in church. And taking us to church and having us there meant that I got to hear the gospel. And hearing the gospel and saying yes to the love of God seeing Jesus Christ truly impacted my life and made a difference as to even who I am today. So I'm very grateful for that influence of my mother. Would you bow your heads with me, please, as we go before the Lord in prayer. Almighty Heavenly Father, we know there are many needs all around us, and we pray with each other and for each other right now. Be with those who are recovering from surgery. Be with those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. Be with those who are in the hospital right now. Lord, be the great physician for the needs that are on our heart. And Father, I thank you this morning for my mother, for the gift that she was to me and to the rest of my family. And Lord, thank you that uh, she loved you. She knew Jesus as her Savior, and she's gone to be with you in heaven. Lord, in this day, help us to see where you're at work in our lives. Help us to rejoice in the good that you do for us. Help us to trust in you for the days ahead. Help us to believe that you're going to see us through these times and you're going to be with us until that day you call us to be home with you. Father, speak to us this morning as we open your word, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. This morning, before we look at the Bible, we have a... Uh, uh, video that's been recorded by one of our choral fellows, JT, and I'm sure that this will be a blessing to you as we worship together this morning. So uh, enjoy uh, him sharing in music this morning. 
Hey, First Baptist Stillwater, it's JT. Um, I got a text from Michael this week uh, asking if um, any of the uh, college singers wanted to see if we could try and record some worship songs that we could do for the services. And uh, um, I decided to go to uh, Glory of Zion uh, Prayer Garden here in Corinth, Texas. I thought it'd be a really cool uh, place to kind of play these songs. Um, it got kind of dark, so we're gonna make work with what we got. We got some camera phones and stuff making it work. Um, but I thought it'd be a really cool place and, um, you know, hopefully we get to sing some beautiful music to God. So this song is called, um, Because He Lives. It's a really awesome song. I believe I've overcome by the power of His blood. Amen. Amen. I'm alive. I'm alive because He lives. Amen. Thank you, JT. If you would, please open your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. 
Acts chapter 1. As we've been looking at the resurrection, post-resurrection appearances of Jesus Christ, uh, this morning we're going to shift our attention from the Gospel of John to the book of Acts, which we know is a continuation of Luke's writing. Luke, the author of the Gospel of Luke, uh, we believe that he is also the author of the book of Acts. Uh, we see the books beginning in the same way, both addressed to Luke's friend Theophilus. And also the style of, of Greek is very, very strongly similar in both uh, uh, the gospel and the book of Acts. So there's been uh, uh, pretty much unanimous agreement that Luke is the author of the uh, book of Acts. And as we begin with this uh, chapter, uh, i just like for us to look carefully, listen carefully, what Jesus might be saying to us today about hope for today and hope for the future. In Luke chapter, excuse me, in Acts chapter 1 we read, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with the water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This account, which tells us about the ascension of Jesus Christ, it does tell us of something that is going to happen, and that is Jesus is going to leave this earth. He has told the disciples before that it is for your good that I leave, because when I leave, I'm going to send you the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you. The earthly ministry of Jesus was in a sense limited. Jesus could only be one place, one time. And while Jesus went about Jerusalem, Judea, doing good, healing the sick, raising the dead, performing many miracles, he was bound by his earthly limitations to being one place at one time. But with Jesus going to heaven and with the gift of the Holy Spirit coming upon the disciples in the days ahead, the ministry, the influence, the power of Jesus will no longer be confined to one place, but will literally be set loose in the world. You know, that's why today as we worship here in Stillwater, we know that the Lord Jesus, his spirit is here with us, but we also know that the Lord is with those believers who worship, whether it is in China, whether it is in Africa, whether it is in Australia, wherever it might be in the world that believers are turning their hearts, their attention to the Lord, we know that the Lord is with them. There's no boundary to Jesus through the ministry of the Holy Spirit being available in the world today. So this is an important thing. This is a part of what we know of Jesus Christ, that he ascended into heaven, and in his leaving the earth, he sends the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, and the disciples, it says, when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You know, the disciples really hoped that Israel would have an earthly kingdom again. 
that there would be something along the lines of what David and Solomon enjoyed, that uh, the Jews would be able to have a nation and be able to uh, do things in this world like other nations. The disciples, likely many others, dreamed that Jesus would uh, lead a uh, revolt against the Russian against the, against the Jews and throw them out that uh, against the Romans and uh, throw them out of the, the Judean uh, territory. They uh, hoped that uh, there would be an actual uh, earthly kingdom, that there would be seats of judgment, that they would have positions to play. But this was not the plan of Jesus. The reality is that Israel was always meant to be a missionary nation, not to subdue the earth through political power, but to share the knowledge of God throughout all the world. And their hope, in a sense, was a meager hope that God would restore a kingdom whenever Jesus came to usher in the kingdom of God and for it to spread throughout the world and for these disciples to take the lead in sharing the gospel message, not just in Judea and Jerusalem, but in Samaria, and even to the uttermost parts of the earth. So they hear him say this, and he says in response to their question, it is not for you to know the time or dates the Father has set by his authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. That Greek word is dunamis. The root word for the word we know is dynamite. It means powerful, explosive power. Jesus is saying you're going to receive that which you need to allow you to be witnesses before governors and kings, that which you need to continue throughout your life, to minister in challenging days and difficult days and dark days as well as in the days of sunshine. Jesus is saying they are going to receive power. And he also says the same to us, that you'll receive power, the power of the Holy Spirit. And after he said this in verse 9, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Now, in this moment that we call the Ascension, we see Jesus being lifted up from their presence up into the heavens until a cloud received him. Now, we do understand that this is not a heavenly elevator. If you'll think about Scripture, a cloud is a sign of God's presence. In the book of Exodus, as the Hebrews traveled into the wilderness, we remember that a pillar of cloud guided them by day. And that was the presence of God. We also see of this presence of God in the account of the transfiguration of Jesus, how that a cloud overshadowed Jesus and Moses and Elijah and Peter and James and John. And so the cloud we can understand as signifying the presence of God. Jesus is not going merely up. Jesus is going into the presence of God. And I believe that this is what the cloud signifies. I remember years ago in the 60s during the space race that uh, as the United States and Russia sought to outdo each other in space exploration, 
I believe it was the first Russian cosmonaut that orbited the Earth a number of times that after his journey into space, he was reportedly to have said, well, I was in the heavens and I looked and I didn't see Jesus anywhere. You know, the place that Jesus went to, God's presence, is far more than a location and not to be found just higher in the atmosphere or outside the earth's atmosphere. The presence, the throne of God, is where Jesus was received. And there's something else about that I'd like you to think about with me. Jesus took upon himself humanity. And when Jesus returned to heaven, he took humanity with him. He took his physical presence with him. And the Jesus that we read about and that we know of in heaven, the Jesus seated at the right hand of the Heavenly Father, making intercession for all his saints, is the same Jesus who bears the marks in his wrist, his feet, and the nails put into his hands, put into his feet, and he bears the mark of the spear thrust into his side. So Jesus, in a sense, takes humanity itself to heaven, and there he makes intercession for us. Another thing that we notice here is that as they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, and you get the impression that they stood there and they watched him, and they watched him, and they watched. Suddenly, two men dressed in white stood beside them. The appearance of two angels here and the resurrection appearances of Jesus in this story, this is something that we've seen before. And they speak to the disciples and say, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. They basically give us a promise that Jesus is not through with this earth. That Jesus is going to come again one day. And he's going to return in the same way that he left. Now, this should be seen as a promise and a hope to us. This should cause us to uh, keep in our hearts the idea that one day he is coming and we need to be doing our best to serve him while we can. We need to work for the night is coming when no man may work. We need to hope in the return of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We believe that Jesus came to this world born as a baby at Bethlehem, that Jesus lived a sinless life, that he was put on the cross, that he suffered, that he died, that he rose again. And then after he rose again, he showed himself by many proofs for 40 days. And then he ascended into heaven. And Luke says over and over again, that the ascension of Jesus is a sign of God exalting Jesus in the highest fashion. And that is meant to be an encouragement and a strengthening to us. We believe that Jesus has left this world to send his Holy Spirit and to one day, perhaps very soon, to come again. An American scholar named Jaroslav Pelikan worked on writing a book in which he collected uh, beliefs concerning the Christian faith. 
One of his volumes called Credo is a collection of the many different confessions of faith that Christians have used down through the ages. One of these confessions of faith that he came across is from believers that are a part of the Maasai tribe in Africa. And their creed, their confession of faith in Jesus, Africanized the uh, belief they have in Jesus and Christianity by saying things like, Jesus was always on safari doing good. It also declares that after Jesus had been tortured and nailed hands and feet to a cross and died, he laid buried in the grave, but the hyenas did not touch him. And on the third day he rose from the grave. He ascended into the skies. He is the Lord. Pelican said this creed was brought to his attention by one of his students, a woman who had been a member of a religious order working in a hospital in East Nigeria. And he said that when he first saw this text, his reaction was that he just got shivers thinking about this, that, you know, the hyenas did not touch him. Nature didn't claim him. His body was not torn apart or desecrated in any way by forces of this world that the Africans knew they could not control. But God lives. God overcomes, even in spite of the hyenas. Our creed needs to be this, that we believe Jesus truly rose again and that Jesus ascended into heaven. I hope that this gives you hope today. I hope this brings perspective to your life. And you know, if you've been listening to this broadcast for whatever reason, and you've wondered, did Jesus really rise from the dead? Think about this. What we believe is that Jesus rose from the dead, not just for me, not just for people around me here in church, but for you. For you who are watching today, Jesus rose for you. And you can put your faith in Jesus and live for him and find his hope and his power in your life. Would you pray with me this morning? And if you need to ask Jesus into your life, you listen carefully to this prayer and pray along with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to be our Savior. Thank you for the good news that Jesus rose from the dead and that he ascended to your heaven. Father, if there is anyone right now who needs to ask Jesus into their heart, then help them be ready to simply pray, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And Lord, I understand that you sent Jesus to take my sins upon himself. Father, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to save me and to make me a new creature in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I ask Jesus into my heart, and I believe in him, and I ask Jesus to save me. And Lord, thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. If you prayed that prayer to ask Jesus in your heart, if you'd like more information, contact us here at the First Baptist Church of Stillwater by uh, telephone, by uh, our Facebook, by our website. I would be delighted to talk with you. I'd be delighted to share with you. 
as we prepare to go into this day, let's go forward knowing that the Holy Spirit is among us and that Jesus leads us. May you have a blessed day. God bless you.